and welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. As always, I'm Steven. I'm joined here with my friends and co-hosts, Patrick. Hey. And Chris. Hi. And we're here today to discuss John Carpenter's Vampires, starring James Woods and Cheryl Lee, and I believe there's a Baldwin in there. Don't remember which one. Um, <laughs> it was a Baldwin I'd never heard of before. Stephen Baldwin? No, it's Daniel Baldwin. Daniel oh, Baldwin, Daniel that's Baldwin? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watched this whole movie thinking it was Stephen Baldwin. I, I mean, they don't all blame you because I would have thought the same thing if I hadn't looked it up. Oh, Lord. They're- they all look the same except for their physique, I think. He's one of the pudgier Baldwins, Daniel. <laughs> How many uh, are there? There's Billy, Stephen. Are there others that I'm not thinking? I mean, obviously Alec. Alec, Billy, Daniel, Stephen. There's four. Okay, okay. Wow. Well, before we get deeper into John Carpenter's <laughs> vampires and uh, Lord, how we will, uh, what have you guys been up to horror-wise? Been watching, reading, doing anything, Chris? Really not much, although I was going through some things and some books and some documents in my office, and I found a binder that, or rediscovered, I guess, a binder that I uh, stole from work. They were, we were cleaning out a supply, like a storage closet, and this was bound for the trash, but I saved it. It's a binder from a conference that was held in 1994 in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, for regional educators, healthcare professionals, law enforcement, etc., about cult, occult, and non-traditional groups. But yes! A good two-thirds of this binder are documents about a, com- a seminar on Satanism and the satanic threat to youth and what ritualistic crime scenes look like and how to, what the items that should be on your search warrant if you're investigating occult rituals such as D&D dice and animals in cages and animal masks and all kinds of things like that it's it's very um a very interesting historical relic and it brought me a lot of joy going through that and imagining what the conference was like and people presenting this material with a straight face as if there's actually a satanic threat to children <laughs> at scale <laughs> and um at scale. something else that i thought was interesting <laughs> was there was a there's a there's a part where they talk about eerily similar to the conservative attacks on education today where they talk about how there's satanic undertones in books that are being given to first graders and second graders and third graders and activities that teachers are giving their classrooms that make the students comfortable with the idea of of witchcraft and things like that Mm. and so i thought that was kind of an interesting parallel to where we are today with all the bullshit about CRT, all the bullshit about, you know, uh, uh, people grooming kids sexually in school. Um, it's the same shit, different decade. And it's, it's no more true today than it was in the nineties when they said, Hey, there's a witch teaching your class. (laughs) Critical Satan theory. Is there like a list of banned materials in there? Not banned materials. There's, there's excerpts that says we're keeping the names of the school districts confidential, but here are some excerpts from books that are in school libraries and and that, that kids in first and second and third grade are reading. And it's like, you know, fairy tales where there's like a giant and like a pit of spikes and knives and stuff. And like, like stuff that's like a little bit macabre, not nearly to the level of any given Grimm's fairy tale, but like stuff that just is a little weird. Um, and then there's like a, a page on online materials, websites that connect you to, to like, like satanic message boards and things like this is the early internet, but it's like, these, these are the, the websites that are recruiting kids into Satanism and occult murders. And then it makes a connection between Satanism and the occult and drug use and then drug Mm. dealers. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff on like drug dealers, drug habits, huffing Jamaican Rastafarian gangs, which okay, (laughs) neo-Nazi. It's like it fear mongers about neo-Nazis and then it proceeds to fear monger about like every minority group in the country. (laughs) Um, So just an interesting historical document that I, I had some fun looking through this week. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Patrick, what about you? I got nothing. I have literally nothing to report in the horror sphere. My life has been fairly consumed with uh, 
well, you know, in the process of buying a haunted little house of my, my own. So that's been taking up a lot of brain waves lately. And in fact, I may dip out of next episode for that purpose because I'll be moving, but we'll see how that goes. Um, how about you, Steven? Um, no, you you did something. You went to a Curiosities Expo yesterday, did you not? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I went to the... Ha, uh, we I've, got I've never cross-examination. We got him. I've been, to like, I've been to, like, smaller versions of that or, like, stores that traffic and that sort of thing, but I've never been to a full-on convention. What was that experience like? Um, it was, it was good. Um, it was the second time I'd been to the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, which is a touring show, uh, maybe coming to your city if you live somewhere in the U.S. It was, the sideshows were not as exciting as when I had seen it a couple years ago and, and had the uh, pleasure at that time of stapling a $5 bill to a clown. Mm. But there was a lot of good, weird, wacky, uh, merchandise. It's kind of strange, the little cottage industries that pop up, you know, there's this, you see your first table full of like sort of ornate wooden boxes with glass panels in them and like skulls and various objects are arranged decoratively inside them or, or taxidermied uh, insects or animals. You see that the first time and it's like, oh, that's cool. That's very novel. And then you realize there are like 15 or 20 other vendors who do the exact same thing. It's like, wow, what a interesting and strange thing to just be like a type of object that numerous vendors around the country basically are doing this same sort of idiosyncratic thing. But saw a lot of things that I uh, would love to purchase uh, someday. But again, now is not the moment because I'm about to drop tens of thousands of dollars on uh, on a home. So I think we'll wait on uh, getting the spooky stuff to to fill it for a little All bit. All things that are listed on search warrants investigating occult groups, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Well, I've been up to a few things. Um, I watched Last Night in Soho finally and mm. did not care for it. Really? Oh. Uh... I think there's some impressive uh, filmmaking at work in it, of course, because it's Edgar Wright. But I don't, I don't know, man. I, it just didn't, it didn't, didn't resonate emotionally with me. And I found the ending to be borderline cringeworthy, um, as far as how it tackles a kind of difficult subject. So I can't really wholeheartedly recommend that. But it is on HBO Max now, if you're interested. Mm. Uh, what we do in the shadows is back, and it's as expected a fucking delight. <laughs> the show, the first two episodes dropped last week. They're on Hulu now, and the, the show continues to feel just like a big hug. Um, I love spending time with these characters, even though most of them are uh, awful, awful personalities. <laughs> um, toddler, we finally we get to see Toddler Colin Robinson, and uh, it is as fucked up as as you would imagine. And it really feels like the special effects budget for this show has ballooned to that of a Hollywood feature. There's a lot of um, a lot of delightful sights and sounds going on in this new season so far. So. Definitely check that out. You already know if you're a What We Do in the Shadows person by now, though. I can't believe that's back already. I feel like I just finished watching season three. It's been less than a year. They okay. kind of... It was... Season three did so well that I think they just kind of rushed into production, and mm. we're getting at least two more seasons after this. Okay. I'm pretty stoked about that. Mm. Yeah, what else? Oh, I don't know. By the time this episode drops, we will have all seen Nope. So I'm just stoked for that. Well, um, Chris going to be a tough week to get through couldn't be more stoked mm -hmm. as i mentioned on the discord i think i went to see thor 11 thunder last week and as i started to walk into the theater i heard or or somehow just groxed that the nope trailer was playing as i walked in i was like well actually appropriately enough appropriately enough i was like nope and walked right the fuck back out i was like don't want to see any more marketing for this. I like just wandered around in the hallway outside the theater and like was like, la, 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 la. So I wouldn't hear anything. So I think I'm going to go in uh, un unspoiled other than that first trailer. Mm, nice. Hmm. Oh, I should mention before we get into it, just briefly, uh, my, my book club over on the Discord, we are reading Thomas Old Huvel, however the fuck you pronounce his last name, his novel Hex. I am not even 100 pages into it, but we still got a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I'm hoping to pick up the pace and start some conversation there soon. And the Discord, Which, as we may remind people, is there's a link in the show notes if you want to come talk about the episode, the show, horror in general. We've got a nice little community. Good discussions happening out there. 
Yeah, it's great. I would say the the podcast now makes up for, you know, 30% of the the content and discussion that we are putting into the world. At most, yeah. And we we should be charging for the Discord, but, but we won't do that. <laughs> so, so get in get in on the ground floor, get in while it's free. <laughs> oh my god. It's always going to be free and we'd love to have you there. It's a delightful delightful space. All right. Well, without further ado, we watched John Carpenter's vampires for this week's episode my pick um which i chose simply because it's on netflix and it's a john carpenter movie i hadn't seen and had been mildly curious about sits at a 40 something percent on rotten tomatoes so i didn't go in with the highest of expectations and may have been uh rewarded for that approach and patrick you had not seen this either no you did though, Chris. Okay. You had seen yes. it. Okay. Yeah, I had I had bought because I am one of my life goals, which I'm very close to realizing, is to own every John Carpenter movie on Blu-ray. Mm. This was an idea I came up with drunkenly at a John Carpenter concert <laughs> as he was showing scenes from all his movies. I said, Why don't I own all these? Because he doesn't have that big of a filmography, right? right? So it's like you can you can pretty easily buy them all <laughs> and so i was like why don't i own this as as he was as he was playing uh, his clips so since then I've, I've made a pretty aggressive move to acquire them all and i i almost i have almost all of them on on blu-ray but vampires was one of the later acquisitions and i'm always excited when there's a john carpenter movie that i have not seen um so i watched it you know a few years ago and i had pretty high expectations hmm. and was expecting a very different type of film at that time and was underwhelmed and so this time i kind of got to go in with my expectations in the appropriate place and i think i liked it more this time than i did then didn't we go to the same john carpenter show no oh okay because i had the same experience when i saw him live and there's all the clips of his different movies playing behind him and i was like fuck never seen that that looks crazy i need to see that is the ward on Blu-ray? I'm just thinking yes. about how you can complete the the collection if it's even possible. Okay. The ward, I think the ward is on Blu-ray, and I need to buy that. I'm gonna buy that and Aquaman the same in the same transaction that I buy Nick of Time, because Nick of Time is one of my favorite movies. Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken, but I can't justify buying a Johnny Depp Blu-ray unless I buy two <laughs> Amber Heard Blu-rays. Oh so the, it'll be the word, Ward and Aquaman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Balance will be restored in the universe. Yeah, we're going to we're going to fix this one Amazon purchase at a time. <laughs> What's our setup here? We we're immediately thrust into the action of this movie. We got James Woods. He leads a team of uh, what's his name? Tom Crow, something Crow, J- Jack Crow. I was gonna Jack say Jim Crow. Crow, and then I was like, no, I that's not right. Whoopsie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might as well be. But um, well, he he Jack- leads a band of mercenary vampire killers, and we open on them starting a raid on a on a potential nest of vampires. Yes. in the desert. Yes, in the American Very exciting. West. Very exciting action. I said on the last episode that the first 15 minutes of this movie are uh-huh. probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> they, but, but, but the plot basically is they, they, after raiding a vampire nest and killing all the vampires, uh, they do not kill the master of the nest. And Can't even find him. Jack Crow's a little upset by this. And then, but they still have an after party. And at the after party, the master shows up and kills all the vampire hunters, all the groupies, all their support staff, except for Jack Crow and the Baldwin brother and one prostitute who has been corrupted by the vampirism. And Laura Palmer. Yes, Laura Palmer. Who killed Laura Palmer? It's obvious in this one. It's Mm -hmm. Valak, the master (laughs) vampire. And he has now a psychic link to her that the uh, other that the two surviving vampire hunters want to exploit to try to find Valak before he completes his master plan, which is kind of convoluted and and revealed Mm -hmm. pieces as it goes along. But that's basically the premise. John Carpenter's vampires. It's, It's all set in New Mexico. John Carpenter is really uh, flexing his his uh, his Western influences here. You you know mm-hmm. that many John Carpenter movies, it's like he's trying to make a Western, no matter what the topic material is, even if it's just like given uh, Kurt Russell a cowboy hat in The Thing, or given uh, uh, the kid in Christine the like the cowboy boots and the vest. 
he's always trying to let you know that he's a student of Howard Hawks. And nowhere in his filmography is that more apparent than John Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is basically his his version of a John Ford movie. Um, I think it's the closest he's come to directing like a straight up, straight up Western. And I kind of like that vibe. I thought the cinematography was really gorgeous. The kind of like burnt out looking landscapes and um, that that sort of <laughs> languid bluesy score. Oh, I love uh, the going score. on in the back. <laughs> I love Jack Crow's theme. Mm-hmm. We we should all be so lucky to have a sick theme like that, walking in slow motion. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of typical know. Carpenter music, but there's a lot more guitar I think than usual. Mm-hmm. Very rock. That that that's, that's your movie. So would you no? But the, <laughs> the movie is essentially the much of the movie. I would say the bulk of it is is a a chase, a race against time to try and thwart the master's plan. Um, and a race, a and a race to see who can abuse Laura Palmer more horribly while also accusing the other man of abusing her worse. Yeah. So, all right, let's, <sighs> let's, let's get, let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. Um, not, not to get, not to get another review on iTunes that, says we try too hard to be woke <laughs> but um it, by the way if you want to leave a review for us on itunes that praises us uh for being too woke <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and do that chris but, keep, um, keep your politics to yourself okay whatever you're about to say just keep your politics to yourself all right well this this might be controversial politically but in general i stand against violence towards women <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this but. is this is a real start to a statement. <laughs> no, but but that's 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 what we got going here. We have, um, and it doesn't help that our protagonist is James Woods, who you know, a, who has just become a huge piece of shit in real life. Yeah, why is and James I'll, Woods a piece of shit? He's a right winger, or like, what? Why yeah. do we hate James Woods? Yeah, he's just well, he's just a real noxious right wing Trumpster kind of guy. Okay. Um, so i mean which whatever i guess we're all entitled to our views in in this country but (laughs) it makes it a little harder to watch a movie where he is the lead being presented in the the most flattering cinematography and then he's you know punching women in the face calling people sluts and bitches non-stop faggot and pole smoker and just like every epithet in the book it's every epithet and it becomes even more grotesque when you realize that like a lot of this is him improvising the dialogue oh for real Hmm. yes interesting (laughs) because this this movie like i kind of had that thought a few times because i'm like this kind of feels like improvised wannabe comedy scenarios and like his attitude he's not that different from a lot of other John Carpenter protagonists, particularly the ones played by Kurt Russell and that he's just kind of like a fuck the world kind of guy. But yeah, he really just veers into this misogyny, this, this, this homophobia stuff uh, a little too often for my take. I mean, I would say if, you know, probably once is too often, but you know, it's 1998. um, Wait, so do some of that. Do we know that he improvised this? Improvise some Wikipedia. of the dialogue. Oh, okay. According yeah. to Wikipedia, um, yeah. um, Wikipedia says that they would do one take as written, and then they would do takes where they got to improvise, oh. and then John Carpenter would pick what he liked. Got it. Oh, yeah. so he's implicated in this mess. <laughs> he's, he's implicated too, a little bit. Oh my God! Yeah, it's just he's oh, James Woods, and I I like James Woods as an actor, like I actually quite a bit. Um, but man, if, if this is really him just kind of going rogue and showing us uh, his true colors even more. Fuck that guy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I don't know about it. The movie this reminded me of for several reasons is actually the hateful eight. Yes. I thought of that a ton. I I had the privilege or the misfortune of seeing the hateful (laughs) eight in the theater on opening night, which was like Christmas night with all the sweatiest Tarantino fans. (laughs) And um, every time someone punched a woman in the mouth or said the n-word or something like that there was just cackling in the audience and i was like this i mean it's played for comedy in the movie i think but it's not that funny people and it just kind of made me uncomfortable same feeling here and also it did kind of remind me of like a tarantino movie it reminded me of like from dust till dawn yes you know mm-hmm. these kind of like half improvised like we're fucking around committing violence 
movies and i thought maybe because there was a rash of like tarantino imitator films in the 90s so i thought Mm -hmm. maybe this had some dna with that maybe not but yeah i would have enjoyed this movie more if it had you know if it had been more woke (laughs) wait so but you never really finished the statement i generally stand against violence against women it seemed like there was more to come there no no i was saying that that i was about to be political and i was i was being ironic about being cautious with my statement about how the violence against women is went against my politics see i was waiting for the other shoe to drop as well no 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 no, no. i yeah i thought you were going to defend some of this violence i mean i guess there's an argument in in the sense that like she is a vampire and they have to be careful around her but also like yeah the abuse that they put her through is just fucking ridiculous i mean i feel like they put them through abuse before like at the party before anyone's even a vampire you know like it's it's a misogynistic thing yeah i mean even just like the 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 male gaze of it all in like how she becomes a vampire is so fucking just gross and wrong i mean Mm. the 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 master basically eats her out to turn her into a vampire well listen i'll defend that i will defend that because you know part of the whole vampirism thing is that there's a lot of sex and eroticism into vampires which this this movie kind of deliberately does not involved for most of the movie which makes it kind of conspicuous that it happens in that one scene because i think um carpenter's deliberately making these vampires like zombies and like feral and not romantic and not attractive and not sexy um but yeah then you have this very you know sensual i guess scene where she becomes a vampire um but you know for me i'm okay with a little sex and smut in a vampire movie yeah, sure. I guess it's just like that moment combined with everything that surrounds it made me feel a little uneasy. Along with the moment where Laura Palmer is tied up naked face down in a bed and I thought yeah. Daniel Baldwin was going to rape her. Yeah. I was very he, on edge for that like scene. Like he may have before yeah. that scene begun. He probably, I don't know. It's just So, ugh. yeah. All gross. What can you say? But both of the male protagonists are so unpleasant. Like James Woods, I guess yeah, he's a good actor, but he kind of always plays James Woods, I guess, and James Woods the character or you know to whatever degree that's his actual persona is just always like man he's just mm, just an unpleasant presence on screen like just just a guy you want to punch in the face and baldwin's character is oh my god just an even bigger piece of shit honestly yeah, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't help that yeah we got james woods uh and his foil is someone who looks and sounds just like alec baldwin also <laughs> like yelling at women and abusing women like alec baldwin does <laughs> so but you know you gotta get i guess you, you know we, we should we should We've said it. I think we can leave it at that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... None of this makes for an unwatchable film, I have to say. Like, if you kind of know yeah. what you're getting into. Um, well, and it has that Carpenter thing. I feel like this is pretty common to a lot of his films, too, where the time period is very contained. We're dropped right into the action, and we just kind of follow characters for, what, like, maybe one or two days. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that's somewhat unusual in a lot of movies in general, but pretty common to his films. And I kind of like that. There's just an, there's just an urgency generally kind of driving the action um, in this relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. a lot of backstory or anything either. I mean, yeah. yeah. He just yeah, you kind of you figure right things out as you go along. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I want to say just before we totally get off the, the misogyny topic, because Steven, you said it doesn't make for a unwatchable film and I agree, but it does it's like when we watched hollow man and I was like, yeah. I like this movie, but it's like so foul in some places that I don't think I can recommend it to someone. Cause they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, there <laughs> are, there, we'll get into it, but there are many other reasons I would not recommend this yeah. movie, but that's yeah. certainly one of them. Yeah. Anyway. So what I will say, uh, in it's, uh, favor is really loved the action. Like anytime there's action, yeah. It's a good time. They have this crazy ass uh, method of hooking vampires up to like a steel cable that's attached to their Jeep. And they a winch, will... they call it. A winch. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's called. And uh, they drag the vampires out of the house by this cable. And then they every time they burst into the sunlight and just burst into flames. Oh, I loved it. I was laughing. I was cheering. Yeah, it's crying. great every time. It's so ridiculous and so over the top every time. You know, and, fucking... and like fairly convincing too. The effects yeah. are great. 
There's decapitations, okay. bodies are split right down the middle, explosions, just all kinds of fun written and re relatively inventive uh, gore and action stuff. I forget um, in the opening credits, you see like three names for the effects. And I know that like two of them are big names in effects. Oh, I like, didn't even look into that. I should. Yeah. Like it. Had oh, some... yeah. Didn't I feel like maybe Nicotero worked? Yes, on that was one of them. Yeah. And then there was another one who's like as famous as Greg Nicotero. Um, and then the third guy I'd never heard of. Um, Bob Kurtzman was the other. Don't know who that, that is. I bet that's familiar, but I'm probably thinking of the comics guy. He's Whatever done. He's is. done. Uh, he's done horror makeup for all kinds of shit. Hmm. There's some pretty crazy fucking gore in this movie too. Like teenage me probably wouldn't have been, or maybe like preteen me wouldn't have been like socially aware enough to like have a problem with the the misogyny and the homophobia quite so much. And I would have just loved seeing, you know, the the master. <laughs> split someone in half with his hand for instance yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh fuck. so gnarly Dolph Lundgren was originally cast as Jack Crow and Willem Dafoe was eyed for a secondary role likely the role of antagonist vampire Valak that's yeah, a whole different movie I want to yeah. see that the movie, yeah, the, yeah it would have been more like don't kill it <laughs> yeah, it yeah. The imp improvisation would have probably been a little cleaner I think yeah <laughs> The, anyway. Speaking of makeup, uh, Valak in this gave me big uh, whatever uh, Michael Sheen's character in the Twilight movies is called vibes. I, I don't know. Actually, have you guys seen the ones that he's in? Michael Sheen? No. Or Yeah, Michael Sheen, the British guy. Yeah, it's right? Michael Sheen. Yeah. He's in yeah. Twilight. He's amazing in those movies. He is honestly the highlight, I think, of the franchise. He's so campy and delightful in those. And visually, actually visually and even in some of the performance Valak was very similar to Michael Sheen in Twilight to me. Oh fuck me! I I had I had a confused with Martin Sheen. I oh. always do too when people throw that name out. They're like, dude, Martin like Michael Sheen is so good in Tron Legacy or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what? Martin Sheen is in a Tron movie? What's going on? Yeah, right. when you when you doubted me, I was like, oh shit, did I just say like Charlie Sheen or Martin Sheen yeah. or something? Yeah, no, that was the, my thought process. <laughs> Emilio <Okay>. Estevez. <laughs> you know, maybe I've just got nope on the brain, but I thought he, um, Valak reminded me a lot of Michael Wincott's character in The Crow. I don't know if you mm. got, if either of you have seen The Crow, if you remember the, the villain in the that. Crow. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a real Detroiter. I haven't seen The Crow. <laughs> I've seen it, but I don't know who I'm, he I'm plays. I'm a pretty big it. fan of it. I think it's a solid, solid little flick. Mm. Who does he play in it? Uh, he's the the main villain, like the long haired oh. guy who's like doing coke off of oh. strippers' tits and stuff. He's okay. super, yeah. super gross, but he's supposed to be gross, unlike everything we see in this movie. Yeah. All right. So so listen. Speaking of creative personnel, I have a, a question. I want all your thoughts on John Carpenter is the self proclaimed horror master. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. It's always seen. I don't know. John Carpenter calls himself the horror master, right? And oh, like, really? So it's like the horror master, John Carpenter. And I always look at, I think he takes that seriously, but I can't call him the horror master without irony. Mm. Well, and he's done. If you look at his entire body of work, there's not really that much straight up horror in it. Exactly. Right? exactly. He's more of a science fiction action guy. Or even if, like, Christine, I guess, is a horror movie, but, like, it seems so tongue-in-cheek, even though I guess it's not, or, or, mm -hmm. or campy, or like this, where it's like, it's a horror movie. Would you even call it, it? Technically, it's a horror movie, but it's not. You're not the horror master because you made John Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Nor Ghosts of Mars, probably, which I haven't seen yet, but it has a terrible reputation. I like, mean, if you've made Halloween and The Thing, I, I feel like you can get away with calling yourself the horror master. Like, it, two of the most iconic and influential horror movies of all time. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I would I would go to Wes Craven way before I went to John Carpenter, if I'm talking about the horror master. Sure. I mean, it's oh, it's 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 a bit much to give yourself any such superlative or, nickname, know, if we, but if I, I do like, feel it's merited. 
if we if if we can't put on our snob hats and be like, no, actually, uh, Ted Browning was the horror master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't generally like those titles. I mean, there was that that um, that series on Showtime or whatever, Masters of Horror, that Mick Garris produced, and it's yeah. like I don't know. Some of these guys have made one horror movie before, and the one that they made for Masters of Horror kind of sucked. Like, I don't like throwing this title around. Like. You can just be a guy that's made a couple of really good horror movies. You don't yeah. need to be a king or a master. I, I would call him a master <laughs> of horror, but not the horror master. Would you, horror would you? A horror master. Let's call him a horror master. Leave it sure. at that. I'm okay. Okay. I'm going to have him change his Twitter handle. Would you call him the Valak of horror? Yes, the master. No, I would not. I would not. Valak, Valak, Valak being is a master. The master vampire. Yeah. Valak actually being, as we find out, the, the first and most powerful vampire. That would be Ted Browning. No, that would be Thomas Edison. <laughs> Are you saying Tad Browning? Yes. It's Todd Browning. Fuck. Todd Browning. <laughs> Todd. Todd. Wait, Todd, Todd Browning Grey had freezes, right? Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Why do I think it's Tad Browning? Because it's Todd, his name is spelled T-O-D, I think. Yeah, so it's just like a little oh, bit unusual. Man. I could see you oh, scrambling well, see, that, that good in your thing mind. I, The good thing I only said it ironically and I wasn't actually being a snob about it. He did Freaks, right? Yeah. And the original Dracula. Oh, yes. Anyway. All well, right. well, I'm glad we're all on the same page about John Carpenter not being the horror master. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, 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 I disagree. We are not on the same page. I disagree with John Carpenter applying that title to himself, but I do think he is, well, yeah, a master of horror. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that calling yourself the horror master means like you're the number one i mean even in this movie there are multiple masters so like saying you're the horror master doesn't to me mean that you're like the greatest horror single single greatest horror director of all time it's not about what it means to you though it's about what it means to john carpenter who probably does think he's the greatest horror director of all time <laughs> i i think he does yeah he's totally sincere he about that just because he made halloween yeah um, i would be comfortable with john carpenter uh, hosting the history of horror TV show. <laughs> John instead Carpenter's of Eli. history of horror instead of Eli. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be comfortable with anybody doing anything instead of Eli. Love Eli. Re replace, <laughs> replace Eli in anything. I'm happy. Mm. Anyway, should we talk about the church stuff? I mean, this, this is, that's kind of a significant yeah, sure. component of this. We find out. And again, like we, as I think Steven mentioned before, information is somewhat slowly revealed we're just kind of thrown into it and we eventually learn that james woods is working for the catholic church and is kind of like their king vampire slayer i really like how they kind of slowly reveal that stuff um mm -hmm. yeah you know you're like okay these are vampire hunters what the hell is going on what's the economy how do they have all this money and they find yeah, out the they're funded by the catholic church which is hilarious unto itself and also <laughs> explains how they have the you know the numbers and the money that they have um and then you find out that like James Woods, he's not just the best vampire hunter, but he his parents were killed by vampires and he was taken in by the church. And then so he's been trained from birth to kill vampires. So he's I, like he's like the Batman of vampire killers. Yeah, I would watch a prequel. <laughs> I would watch a prequel about this. And then it's not it's not really a spoiler, but in a great moment, we find out later when he's threatening a pre he threatens a lot of priests in this movie. And here's the here's the difference. Anytime he was like abusing or or talking shit on a priest or a cardinal, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Anytime he was doing it to like a woman or a minority or someone he was accusing of being gay, I thought it was. It's just a classic punching up versus punching down situation. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's it's funny, I guess, because you don't. I mean, not that necessarily priests or, or cardinals, whatever religious officials are always good in movies, but yeah, you do kind of rarely see one just be threatened and like verbally abused by someone and james woods does it a lot in this movie he does it a lot and it's clear we're supposed to be laughing at him and thinking he's cool with his leather jacket and his sunglasses he's like a manhandling a priest around a bathroom like, you fucking listen to me padre but god yeah, everybody is pa this movie should have been called padre That'd be pretty cool. Padres, John Carpenter's Padres. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's kind of he's kind of just abusive to everybody. There's like no yeah. one he's nice to, honestly. 
Like he's That's true. Him and Baldwin are shitty to each other all the time. He's shitty to all the priests until he like slowly forms a more positive relationship with a, a priest who's assigned to help him after his whole uh, team gets slaughtered. But I mean, even that guy, he kicks around and treats like mm-hmm. shit for a very long time. So, I mean, he's just he's just a unpleasant person. But again, we've been over that. <laughs> the, the clergy elements were just fun. like even from the beginning when there's all these like badass mercenaries jumping out of the armored truck that they, they travel around in and then you just see a priest coming out with them mm-hmm. and you know that they're going to kill vampires and you're like oh this is funny this makes sense and then he's like they're like consecrating the vampires after they, uh-huh. they burn in the sunlight <laughs> um, it's all good stuff the camp in this movie i thought was pretty enjoyable and it's i it seems like it has to be deliberate you know um James Woods just doing like completely unnecessary like rolls and shit and <laughs> shooting and like gunplay that makes no sense like a guy like crossing the street you know a hundred yards from a pack of vampires shooting like one shotgun burst uh-huh. at them as he crosses yeah I clocked that too that was pretty funny funny just funny stuff it's all just fun it's hilarious a, movie everyone's having fun here in this movie I have a question. Why did he, this was probably explained in a line of dialogue that I missed or something, but why did he go back and decapitate all his old crew? Um, I think because they could be turned into vampires. Oh, right. oh, if they were bitten. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, if they're bitten like, or maybe if, the vampires if you're killed by back. a vampire and the vampire comes back or something like that. Okay. You know, right. Patrick, that's a really good question. I found that to be a little confusing as well because I thought, why is... Why is the master just like slaughtering, decapitating people that he could recruit to fight against, yeah. to turn against James Woods? Yeah. It takes too much time. Yeah, you got to have the whole sex thing to convert <laughs> a guy. <laughs> yeah. But no, fun stuff, fun stuff. We get the little detail that um, James Woods actually had to kill his own father mm-hmm. after his father turned into a vampire. Brutal. Which is only. He, he only tells us this so that he can more effectively threaten a priest. <laughs> he saw the devil when he was eight. <laughs> he saw the devil when he was eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, what, what, what more do we want to say before we go to the, the spoiler brothel? I'm tapped out. I'm good to go to the brothel. Yeah, we can go to the brothel. All right, Padres. What'd you think of this one? Chris, why don't you go first? I'm going to give it a cue it. Uh, for a long time, I thought I might give it a view it this time. I didn't like it the first time around, but this time it really held my attention more. Um, I think it's got a little bit of a pacing issue where it really starts mm. to slow down and drag a certain point in the chase. Um, but until that point, it moves along. It's fun. I like the style. I love the, the soundtrack. I love the theme song for Jack Crow. I like, even though it's James Woods, I, I like the the like gratuitous glory shots of him like with his sunglasses on in the desert. It's all it's all cool. Chomping stuff. on his cigar. Chomping <laughs> on a, like at a crime scene, like chomping on a cigar. <laughs> like like they were just trying to make a really fucking cool movie and they succeeded for the most part. It's just the problem is the year is nineteen ninety eight and some of their definition of cool was like manhandling women and, and making gay jokes um, um, so that's that's where I, I have an ethical problem with the movie but just if, putting that aside even I think the movie just eh, needs a little more momentum for probably about half of it it's a chase mm-hmm. movie with no real sense of urgency or stakes um, until you get to like the end and then it kind of all wraps up kind of quickly and unceremoniously we'll talk about that but um, you could do a lot worse I, I hate to say it's it's Maybe one of John Carpenter's more watchable movies. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look at the list again. <laughs> but more watchable Cuba. than Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., The Thing. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Escape from L.A. I don't know. I have to rewatch Escape from L.A. Okay, okay. Uh, I but see like Escape from New York drags too. There's a lot of John Carpenter movies that fucking drag. I, he's one of my favorite directors, but he he sometimes his movies just slow down, man. Yeah. Patrick, what anyway, about you? Yeah, Patrick, what about you? Uh, I'm on a cue it to, um, it's, you know, as I said, there are a lot of it is tremendously entertaining, uh, goofy over the top fun. Um, I think, you know, I, we've come back to this. I've come back to this too many times already, but these characters, our leads are just unpleasant and they're supposed to be unpleasant to a certain degree, but they come off, I think, so much more unpleasant than intended and um 
yeah and at times it's just like come on man you were being such a piece of shit and uh, you know how how am i supposed to connect to this or to you as a protagonist when you're you know walking around slapping laura palmer in the face just for existing and for not having turned into a vampire yet um but beyond that uh yeah it's a unique you know as you guys said kind of western inflected very actiony take on vampires and and i enjoyed that cool Steven. well i'll give it a cute as well though i would say with the reservation that i think this is for john carpenter completists or if you have people that you know can handle the seedier side of this movie together with some beers like i think this could be a fun party movie especially mm-hmm. given the the camp value like i i, I it kind of sucked that i had to watch it alone and sober this morning um it's it's a much better like saturday night uh pizza and a six pack sort of movie i think (laughs) um it does the pacing is languid like it starts off you know at quite a clip and and part of this i attribute to the score because even when Mm. there's action going on there's just this kind of low slow slightly foreboding music going on that like if you just took the score out i think it would be more exciting even Mm. it's kind of like almost subconsciously was like lulling me into sleep um, but it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's the James Woods of it all, but I would argue you're not supposed to like him in the movie. I mean, there there comes a point where his best friend calls him a fucking asshole like toward the end. And I was like, finally, somebody's standing up to him. Um, yeah, you're just supposed to think he's cool because he has no emotional attachments and he's saving the world from vampires. And like, I don't know, that's good enough for me. Uh, yeah, give it a cue it. Guys, I- I thought for sure you were going to give it a screw it, but I, I, I thought I was too. Yeah. I guess we convinced <laughs> you a little bit. I'm really mad that we get robbed of, of, um, which Baldwin is it? Do we decide Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Baldwin and James Wood square up and they, they are about to kick each other's ass. Mm-hmm. They're about to have a fist fight and we are robbed of that moment. And I was so sad because they're really shaping up for like a, they live style. Like, thing oh my God, yes. beat the shit out of each other for five or 10 minutes. And then it doesn't happen. Made me sad. Now, James Woods actually does something kind of honorable at the end of the movie, which we'll get into that. That surprised me. Yeah. That surprised me. All right, well, we're going to go to the spoiler motel and party with a bunch of vampire killers and strippers. And hey, the sheriff's there, too, overseeing everything. (laughs) But first, let us remind you to check us out online. If you want to uh, connect with the show, let us know what you thought of John Carpenter's vampires. Let us know what you think of John Carpenter. Let us know what you think of James Woods. Let us know what you think of Daniel Baldwin. (laughs) We want to hear it all. You can email us. Let us us know what you think of Stephen Baldwin. Yes. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Like we talked about earlier, you can go to our Discord. That link is in our show notes on this episode. You can go to our website, which is a little broken, but you know, it can it might be fixable. And you can see some of the episodes. Oh, we've been downgraded to it might be fixable. (laughs) You can see some of the movies that we've reviewed in the past and the ratings we've given it. You can go to our merch store and get every horror movie on Netflix t-shirt to show and impress your friends. Uh, And that's it. We like to hear from the fans. So send us a line. Tell Tell us how you like us being too woke. Yeah. Tell us if we're too woke, not woke enough. (laughs) <laughs> or just just enough woke all right well tell us we're woke we'll we'll tell you you're woke back a little uh, <laughs> tell us you're woke we need the validation <laughs> well we'll see you in a minute at the sun dog motel padres sun god is this sun god i thought it was sun dog sun god sun god, sun god. Motel, yeah oh, okay well well uh, i see you there bye <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We're here in the Sun God Motel. I misspoke. A sun dog is a thing, though. Look it up. Uh, we're going to spoil everything about John Carpenter's vampires. What is there? What is there left to say, guys? I mean, basically, what the whole master plan of the vampire is. I guess, which, as you said, is very convoluted, which... and I don't feel equipped to explain it. I mean, listen, basically this vampire named Valak, he's the OG vampire. He was born when the Catholic Church botched an exorcism 
and basically created the first vampire, the first Dracula, which is a pretty well. Pretty he cool and he was a story. priest, notably, like he was a Catholic oh, yeah. priest too. I think. What well, didn't he like rebel against the church or something? And so they were trying to exercise him. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he ends up trying to find this black cross that uh, he needs to complete this ritual where he and his vampire goons can walk in the daylight. Because it's the cross that was used for his original exorcism. Yes. And he wants to now complete it because that will somehow give him the power to, to be a daywalker. Like a abusive priest, this cross has been moved around the world from church to church Jesus. in complete secrecy. <laughs> <laughs> and so no one knows where it is, but... Valak has found the only priest who knows the location and eventually he's able to get the uh, uh, cross from an old timey mission in the desert in New Mexico. And then he needs to complete this ritual and helping him complete this ritual is the cardinal Mm -hmm. under which our hero Jack Crow operates and his new priest buddy operate. Um, so maybe a little bit of commentary on, you know, corruption of institutions, corruption of the Catholic church. I always looking for a theme, Chris. <laughs> I mean, whatever, but, uh, it culminates in basically a, after several action sequences, which are kind of arbitrary, but, and just exist to show us some cool mm-hmm. facts and things, um, and some action. It culminates with them, uh, tying our hero Jack Crow to a cross. They're going to burn him alive as part of this ritual, and then we'll have an unfuckwithable vampire army. Uh, Jack Crow is saved by teamwork. The theme of this movie is teamwork. <laughs> Makes the dream uh, work. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin and the new priest friend are able to save his life and kill uh, or drive all the vampire goons into hiding towards dawn. And then Jack Crow and Valak have a pretty underwhelming fight in like a barn one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's over surprisingly fast, yeah. Valak is pretty quickly impaled and then set on fire when the daylight enters oh well the daylight enters the barn because this is like a funny campy james woods moment but he does like in he like jumps and does a barrel roll into a support beam and then the ceiling crashes down so the sun can come in um it's pretty delightful to see his stunt double achieve that yes yes absolutely and then that's it threat solved so then we have some falling action where james woods and the priest learn to be friends and james woods and daniel baldwin uh hang out and uh daniel baldwin's been been he's been about to turn into a vampire for the whole Mm -hmm. movie actually because he got bit by laura palmer and uh he and laura palmer are like laura palmer's full vampire at this point and and daniel baldwin's well on his way and daniel baldwin's like hey we're going to Mexico. I'm in love. <sighs> James Woods is like, I'm going to give you a two day head start. Yeah, with the woman he's fucking kill you. treated like shit the entire there's movie. Not, yeah. like, there's not a single. There's no romantic spark no. between them. <laughs> yes. Not written, funny. not performed <laughs> until Pretty that moment. <laughs> it's a funny turn how he's like just like being horrible to this person and then like immediately pivots to like. I'm in love. I'm in love with her. No no regard for her feelings whatsoever. I mean, she's just like sleeping in the back of the armored truck to stay out of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does not participate in this conversation at all. Yeah, but it is it is like strangely honorable for, you know, because he says, I got bit two days ago. And then James Wood says, well, I guess I owe you two days back. So he gives him a little head start. But they're going to track him down in the sequel. Not really. There were two sequels, though. Uh, yes, there? and they are called John wow. Carpenter's Vampires with a subtitle. Oh. One of them has Bon Jovi in it. <laughs> Assume, assuming <laughs> he's playing the James Woods lead type character. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Everything good over there, <laughs> Yeah, Steven. the cats are going fucking nuts. <laughs> I don't know who's wow. winning and who's losing. <laughs> yeah, Chris, so maybe you should wow. get those on blue too. Maybe I should. If they have John Carpenter's name on them, I must own them. Uh, if they have that's, the, that's... the horror master's name on them. Yeah. Huh, interesting. And then and then like again, this this fucking 
it's just it's not even off- it's not offensive it's just cringe where like the last thing we see in this movie is james woods and the priest like heading off to kill some more vampires and james woods like so uh, oh, a uh, vampire was kicking your ass did you get wood <laughs> mahogany ebony tea which which is the second time he's made that joke in the movie right they thought it was such a good joke that they had to repeat it. Yeah. Where it's like when you were getting your ass beat, did you get wood? Mahogany. Well, because the first I'm not trying to justify this shitty writing or improvising, but the first no, the first time James Woods <laughs> makes that joke with the priest, the priest doesn't take kindly to it. But now that they're buds, they can actually laugh at it. At the end of the film. That, like that <laughs> that's that's this for this oh. movie's version of the final line in Casablanca, I think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I see. Yeah, because it is as they're like walking off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. What a film. What a film. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I feel like we've all downgraded like towards screw it territory as we've talked about this more. At least that theme song comes back at the end and it's so good. Oh, I didn't. Was the Albertus font used in this film? It didn't look quite like it in those credits. I you think, think that so. Was a, okay, it looked a little off to me. Yeah. Didn't feel fully mm. J-Carb somehow. Is that uh, like his signature yeah. font? Mm. Well, that's all I well, have to say about that, <laughs> about yeah. that very low cuit. <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching next? Yeah, Chris, I think your turn to pick the movie, right? I think it is my turn to pick the movie. Oh, yeah, because we switched Steven and the Wheel of Death. The last two yeah. episodes all right you know that we love our horror movies where the title is just an adjective right oh <laughs> my favorite yes. yeah of we course. love we love uh insidious we love sinister malevolent uh, malevolent, malevolent malignant malignant all that shit well we're gonna watch eerie eerie e-e-r-i-e when a student's suicide rattles an all-girls Catholic school, so see some connections to vampires, a clairvoyant guidance counselor leans on a ghost to uncover the convent's abusive past. Mm. Seems like spoilers in that uh, description. We'll find out. We'll find, find out. out. We're watching Eerie, so join us in two weeks. We'll be watching Eerie. What year is this from? 2019. Oh, okay. All right, Padres, well, one last reminder to check us out on all the socials and Discord. See you in two weeks for Eerie. I've been Steven. I've been Patrick. I've been Chris. (laughs) And I've been Patrick. Uh, Bye. See you later.